You know, I would say perhaps the best way to characterize ag tech is to say that it's, you know, it likely has the greatest potential of any industry sector to, you know, move the needle in addressing climate action and addressing the, the critical transition to a lower carbon economy that we're all focused on right now. This podcast is brought to you by Dentons, the world's largest law firm with a global team that builds agile, tailored solutions to meet the local, national, and global needs of private and public clients of any size in 183 locations serving 75 countries. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dentons Agribusiness Podcast Series. My name is Chris Young, and today I wanted to dive deep into the technology side of agriculture. Now, before I do that, I wanted to mention quickly that the Dentons AgTech Pitch Competition is now open and accepting applications from entrepreneurs who have an innovative product or service that can potentially benefit the agriculture sector. Now, one thing is the a lot of questions we get is, do I have to be in the ag sector? And no, the companies don't have to be directly in the agriculture space. They just have to have a product or service that can be applied to the industry. Uh, more details can be found in the link in the description of this podcast. All right. So agriculture is one of the key pillars to Canada's economy, not only as an important sector to feed and sustain our population, but also as a key export to other countries looking to secure their agriculture needs. Now, over the last decade, Canada, especially in the Prairie Provinces, has been looking for ways to diversify their economies, and technology has definitely been a big focus area. Now, within this industry, however, it seems like agriculture technology is just starting its growth versus some of the other technologies that are a bit more mature in development. So joining me today to talk more about the agriculture technology sector is Mark Elric, Principal at Critical Path Group which hosts an annual forum called the Agrotech Venture Forum. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Chris. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to join you. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for hosting your podcast and for having me as a guest. Awesome. And so, Mark, before we go and dive into this uh, concept of ag tech, can you give us a bit of background to what the Agrotech Venture Forum is and how did it get started? Sure. So the, the forum is an annual uh, access to capital conference. Uh, broad umbrella theme is technology commercialization within the ag tech space. And companies from across North America and some uh, further afield will uh, apply uh, and be competitively selected to present uh, on stage, either literally or, of course, figuratively right now as we as we run virtually through the uh, COVID walk in the desert here. Um, so really, we're bringing together four core groups. So the emerging companies, everything from startups to growth stage companies looking for their B or C round of venture capital. The investors themselves, what we would call the corporate strategics or the, the blue chip players that are you know dominant within the supply chains across ag tech. They're the buyers of ag tech solutions. Uh, they license technology. They make investments in the space. And then I guess fourthly would be um, the university tech transfer offices, uh, industry associations, professional service firms. Um, and we're basically bringing them together and creating uh, 
creating a, a watering hole. So I guess theoretically, instead of uh, getting on 10 airplanes in a year for various meetings, you can, you can get on one and, and uh, connect with all the right people. Yeah. So I was just going to mention, it's more of like a, you know, an ecosystem, a platform bringing the various players uh, in this space together, all, all under one roof. And by the way, I just want to let people know that uh, Dentons is uh, one of the sponsors and will be participating in this egg tech form venture form. So we're definitely looking forward to that. On that note, Mark, it seems that egg tech can encompass many things. Because when I think about agriculture, everything from farming to food source to uh, there's a lot that deals with agriculture alone. So what is egg tech exactly then? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, you know, looking back to, I guess, our uh, origin story for the forum, which was about eight years ago, there were very few dedicated ag tech investment funds. So what we did was we went to funds that characterize themselves as, uh, you know, general clean tech or general life sciences. And we said, look, you've got one or more portfolio companies that you've invested in that are, that are actually uh, solving problems in the agricultural space. You know, you're an ag tech investor. So, you know, leapfrogging ahead to today, really there are three, what I would call big buckets in in the ag tech space so the the first and the biggest one is uh, precision agriculture or precision ag and and automation so that's everything from sensors in the soil uh, drones robotics all the cool stuff and then you know once once that information you know think think uh sensors collecting temperature and soil quality data all that becomes, you know, what we know as big data, um, and then analytics and artificial intelligence are used at the back end for decision support. So think producers, growers, farmers, you know, needing decision support information about uh, how to best look after their crops in terms of anticipating and treating pest issues um, and water management, that kind of thing. So, so that would be precision ag, the big bucket. Bucket number two, I would call uh, sustainable crop protection. So that's where you've got the whole interesting world of biologicals and the microbiome and plant nutrition. So all the, all the latest science happening in that space is around you know, displacing the overuse of conventional, you know, chemical herbicides and pesticides with more ecologically friendly uh, nature mimicking solutions. So that's big bucket number two. And then the third bucket would be animal health and nutrition. So, you know, everything from uh, novel therapeutics and preventative medicines and, you know, optimizing the health of uh, animals within the animal agriculture space. Yeah, I, I got to say my assessment is correct. It's this uh, egg tech can just go on and on. Like I even imagine like distribution of food and, and how that could be in, in itself, um, you know, uh, a space that is quite vast. Um, on the vertical farming side, it's quite cool. I just read an article about how Japan 
um, has been transforming to your point. They don't have a lot of land, right, to grow food and they rely on other countries. But, you know, to try to secure that for themselves, they're really taking on technology in that vertical farming space. And it's pretty cool to see some of the things they're doing. Um, on that note, too, I know, you know, one of the big topics for, you know, every developing nation right now is is how do we generate a lower carbon economy? Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of green tech coming through. Um, but Mark, can you share some perspectives on how ag tech fits into that and how it plays into getting our economy to those lower carbon numbers? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big topic. You know, I would say perhaps the best way to characterize ag tech is to say that it's, you know, it likely has the greatest potential of any industry sector to, you know, move the needle in addressing climate action and addressing the the critical transition to a lower carbon economy that we're all focused on right now. You know, to get a little bit more granular around that, a few examples, um, Impossible Foods, Beyond Meats, Memphis Meats, uh, plant-based meats, and eventually, you know, cell-based or lab-grown meats have the potential to supplant industrial animal agriculture, you know, which, while a necessity, uh, also has a massive carbon footprint and uses massive quantities of, of water, power, and is arguably responsible for the majority of, you know, antibiotics usage, thereby increasing the risk of antibiotic resistance, which affects us all. So, you know, that's a big problem set that, that ag tech can address. You know, secondly, reducing the demand for animal agriculture has the potential to address you know, deforestation in the developing world. We've chatted a bit about uh, vertical indoor farming. So, you know, taking that to commercial scale, as you've mentioned, can reduce fossil fuel consumption by, you know, reducing the distances fresh food produce has to be transported in refrigerated vehicles. Think empty warehouses transformed into, you know, vertical greenhouses several stories high with synthetic low power demand lighting, precision irrigation, advanced growing media, replacing the need for large volumes of heavy soil, uh, lots of innovation going on there. And ultimately, you know, robotic harvesting of, you know, think tomatoes and those robotics, robotics uh, technologies, employing advanced optics and recognition software for uh, precision application of, of pest control uh, solutions. Yeah, those would be three examples of, you know, ag tech's contribution to addressing the need to, to, to reduce our carbon footprint. In terms of ag tech in general, I mean, we, we're obviously not the only country that's uh, focusing our attention on some of these developments in this sector. Um, I'm curious about the international perspectives of ag tech. Is, what, is there anything cool that's going on elsewhere um, that you've run across? Yeah, great question. So, so one of the most interesting and, and fun parts of organizing forums um, is that you bring all sorts of weird and wonderful things together and, and right. the, people, the people driving them. So we've enjoyed, for example, uh, having delegations from Israel. Israel is a nation that's you know, short on, on land, short on water, 
Uh, so they've long been very creative, innovative around um, agriculture and, and were early adopters of ag tech. So seeing some very interesting things coming out of Israel, of course, they have a, a very strong uh, military intelligence uh, capability, which just like a large corporation, think Amazon or Apple, it you know over time sheds talented people who then go on into industry to create uh, software companies, uh, some of which have applications in in uh, in ag tech. You know, Silicon Valley horse has been key driver around getting behind ag tech. Um, Silicon Valley investors have established offices in Israel. So rather than Israel replicating Silicon Valley over there on their home turf, you know, they've simply invited marquee venture capital funds to set up a permanent presence over there. And that has, you know, built essentially built a, a funding pipeline into Israel. And of course, the North American investors have benefited as a result. To speak to the, the investor community again, you know, in the ag tech space more so than other more conventional tech areas, you know, these funds have typically been very clear that they're, they're geography agnostic in terms of their investment theses. So they're willing to look globally for the most part. There's some, there are some exceptions, but, you know, this bodes well for, for Canadian ag tech innovators, both in terms of access to growth capital uh, and in terms of selling their solution sets in the international markets. Mark, you bring up a good point about uh, investors being geographically agnostic. That's actually a good point because every, no matter where you are in the world, you have to deal with agriculture in some way, shape or form, right? Um, I think about some other industries, especially here in Alberta, where oil and gas uh, and energy has been dominant. Um, there's only a certain few geographies that can provide that expertise because not every country deals in the energy space. So it, it's a, you know, when, when I look at it from that perspective, uh, the opportunity, you're right, it, it's massive across that. Um, so on that note, bringing it back to Canada a little bit, is there any success stories you can uh, pinpoint that come top of mind uh, uh, that you can share? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll I'll um, give a shout out to some Western Canadian uh, firms and and maybe one one from the states that's particularly interesting as well. Uh, so Alberta-based Decisive Farming, uh, led by CEO and co-founder Remy Schmaltz, uh, presented at the AgriTech Venture Forum in in their early years, as well as the Banff Venture Forum, um, also here in our home province. Uh, subsequently went on to successfully raise venture capital funding from Toronto-based McRock Capital. They've got a strong investment thesis around IoT, uh, as well as Calgary-based uh, AVAC Group acting as GP for the uh, Accelerate Fund One, which is an initiative of Alberta Enterprise Corp. Um, so they recently exited last year to TELUS Agriculture and uh, have been an, an, an anchor acquisition within TELUS Agriculture's new buy and build uh, strategy to, to enter the market. Uh, Semios Bio, Vancouver-based uh, company, 
also a past uh, forum presenter, raised over $100 million in uh, growth Very capital well. in recent years. Uh, Semios is it's um, arguably the leader in on-site sensing, big data, and predictive analytics uh, for permanent crops. So these include, you know, vine-grown crops, uh, tree nuts, tree fruit. So in international uh, clients and, um, you know, started as, uh, uh, started out as, as some research work and uh, was successfully commercialized with, with a big raise. Another one here in Western Canada, Terra Mira, uh, founded by uh, Mark Karnas, or sorry, Karn Manas. Uh, they're using artificial intelligence to reduce uh, synthetic chemical loads and, and make organic alternatives for soil treatment more effective. Also raised some significant growth capital and attracted some, some really strong uh, global talent to their team. Not from Western Canada, but but one of one of interest simply because of the the novelty of what they're doing. It's a company called the Coffee Cherry Company, and um, in a nutshell, it's former Starbucks uh, managers uh, who saw an opportunity to turn agricultural waste in the coffee industry into a commercial product. You know, coffee beans, you know, to, to extract them, there's actually a considerable amount of pulp material uh, as, as a, a waste, organic waste byproduct. And so this stuff piles up and was, you know, essentially a waste management problem. And they figured out a way to dehydrate it and um, mill it into flour. So it looks and feels just like wheat flour. And it's now being sold commercially into food companies that use it as an additive um, with conventional flour. Mark, being on the ground floor, you get to see these, you know, success stories. But you also get to see some of the, I would say, up and coming uh, opportunities that present itself. Is there anything that it's like super cool, super unique that you're seeing uh, hit the marketplace right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, some of the the cool stuff on my list is maybe, you know, not quite um, hitting the street, so to speak yet, but is is uh, getting there. You know, advanced robotics, we've touched on that a little bit. Everybody loves, you know, robots and drones. They're super cool. Um, but, you know, what can they actually do? And, and I think, you know, we're close to the point where, you know, advanced robotics is going to be able to enable some, some real precision applications of, you know, minimal doses of pest and weed control sprays. And they're going to go beyond that to, you know, ultimately being able to pick fruit crops, think of a robotic hand, you know, being able to pick something as sensitive as a, a ripe tomato and oh, wow. mix it up, you know, so that'll be, that'll be a real game changer. There's something called biomimicking, um, you know, it's bio-based solutions to conventional petroleum-based pesticides and herbicides. So we've touched on that. Um, so a lot of research around mimicking what happens in nature, whether it be, you know, interaction between pests, insects, and, and plants. Uh, so there's some very cool stuff going on in that space. 
the microbiome is is going to be huge. So if you think about you know our gut biome where so so much happens in terms of you know our ability to digest uh, food and run our bodies efficiently, you know so too with with the soil microbiome. It's been you know characterized as you know similar to a rainforest ecosystem or you know a barrier reef, you know a tropical reef in terms of its complexity and all the symbiotic relationships um, at a very small scale. So if you think of that microbiome from, from a soil perspective, it's, you know, it's got massive potential in terms of, you know, research and, and commercialization. So that's going to be a word that's going to become, um, you know, close to mainstream is, is, is the microbiome. And then, you know, excited about uh, new fund formation. There's an organization called Ag Funder in the States. They, they regularly publish reports around uh, new fund formation. And as I mentioned, the, the, the number of new funds and, and uh, the size and the international investment mandate is, is pretty exciting. The other thing I'm excited about is just the growth in you know, niche startup accelerators and incubators or ag tech, you know, arguably there are a lot of startup accelerators and incubators generally, and we might be due for some consolidation, but in the ag tech space, I think they're doing a great job of getting things done. So, you know, a few specifically, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Bioenterprise Corporation led by CEO Dave Smarden and his team. Uh, they've, they've been at the vanguard of, of growing the ag tech sector in Canada, largely through a, a virtual accelerator program for years and really you know, catalyzed the whole space. Creative Destruction Lab Rockies here in, in uh, Calgary, uh, they just had their first cohort uh, for their ag tech. Mark Blackwell is a key advisor. Mark's a successful entrepreneur here in Calgary in the software space who realized a, a, an early exit, is now an Alberta-based partner with a Silicon Valley headquarters, headquartered Builders BC. Uh, so he's led a builder's investment in the ag tech sector already and is now an active advisor with with CDL Rockies. So there's an example of, you know, someone who's done well, spent some time in Silicon Valley, but chosen to come back home and move from the entrepreneur side of the fence to the investor side and, and stay here and help, you know, build out the ecosystem in Alberta. Calgary-based AVAC Group's new Carrot Ventures program. It's a unique company creation model. Uh, Carrot Ventures is, is essentially seeding new ag tech ventures by bringing together owners of ag tech intellectual property and researchers looking for alternative commercialization options and then, you know, seeding in some, some capital and some seasoned um, executives or serial entrepreneurs to essentially build a company from core elements and get it moving quickly. So that's headed up by Martin Vetter, Mark Carlson, and, and Warren Bergen, all here in Calgary. Nice. Yeah, quite quite a bit to be excited about. You know, when you start uh, diving deep into this industry, you just see 
so many cool and unique things that are happening. And uh, it's uh, I'm glad to see the entrepreneurial spirit being, uh, you know, focused and targeted on this sector. Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I know you got a big busy schedule, but thank you for giving us your perspectives and, and really educating us on uh, the emergence of uh, a lot of developments in the ag tech sector. Uh, a link to the details of the ag tech venture form can be found uh, in the podcast description. And as I will reiterate, Denton's is super excited to not only be a sponsor, but an industry participant in the AgriTech Venture Forum. I know our partners are definitely looking forward to that. Chris, thanks so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks for your leadership uh, in running this podcast series. And thank you to your leadership at, at Denton's for, uh, for all the work you do in, in this space and in industry. Thanks, Mark. Um, so with that, the AgTech Venture Forum does take place virtually uh, June 2nd to 3rd. So make sure uh, you check that out, get your tickets and or get registered for that forum to uh, sign up and learn more about some of the cool companies that are going to be presenting at that forum. So I want to thank everybody for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast through whatever platform you're listening to with this episode and don't forget to add your email to our Denton's contact list so you can be notified anytime we have new content. Take care and we will catch you in our next episode.